0: Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, There's a new hot Halloween trend that is having the critics seriously spooked. It's called the Switch Witch. It's a new Halloween candy trend for the kids, and we'll tell you how you can do it right. In the headlines on the update this Wednesday, Israel is ramping up the airstrikes across the the Gaza Strip reducing residential buildings to rubble and crushing families. Meanwhile, the prospect of Israeli forces launching an assault into Gaza's dense urban neighborhoods is bringing back the searing memories of the deadly battles the U.S.-led coalition fought against the Islamic State group in both Iraq and Syria. Uh, We'll have details. Locally, a federal judge has struck down the recent provisions in this city of the gun restrictions as unconstitutional, saying that officials have been allowed too much discretion to deny gun permits to people deemed, quote, not of good moral character. Hmm. Dozens of states across this country, including California, Arizona, and in Indiana, they're suing meta platforms for harming young people's mental health and contributing to the young mental health crisis by knowingly designing features on Instagram and Facebook that addict children to the platforms. The stage is now set for the World Series. Corbin Carroll went three for four, two RBIs, two runs scored. And the D-Backs advanced to the first, to the first World Series for them since 2001 by stunning the Phillies in Game 7. And in Tennessee, there's a novel program that is aiming to interest more Black and other minority medical students in organ transplants to help ease the troubling disparities. This is the update. Wednesday, October the 25th. 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, broadcasting across the nation and around the world this is the update with brandon julian a three-time winner of the kingsborough community college gold student service award it's everything that you need to know because anything can happen in new york Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Wednesday. Happy hump day to all of you out there. Final hump day, actually, in the month of October for us around here. Where is the time going? Literally next week, it'll be November, and then we'll be on the road to uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, my favorite time of the year. (laughs) <laughs> or at least at this point with my wife, it's my second favorite time of the year. The weather, though, definitely is not reflecting um, fall. It's actually giving us a taste of spring over the next several days going into the weekend. And dare I say, the weekend is looking dry. Yes, you heard me correctly. The weekend is looking dry for what feels like the first time in about two months. <laughs> Because <laughs> we haven't had a dry weekend I think since Labor Day weekend and that was at the beginning of September when it was still summer. So, you know, let's get out there and enjoy it, you know, before Mother Nature goes and changes uh, it changes her mind. <laughs> uh, you know, this weather is just reminding me that it's looking like I'm going to be doing my actual candy shopping on Halloween itself, which, you know, it's fine. I wanted to snack on some, on some Halloween candy beforehand, but you know, like I said, it's, um, it's fine. (laughs) It really is just something that you just gotta, you just gotta try to get over. Uh, In any event, though, uh, I'm Brandon Julian, of course. Uh, We appreciate you uh, so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however, of course, personally, that uh, you may be listening to us. Uh, Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We're going to begin this Wednesday's proceedings with the latest, of course, in the war between Israel and Hamas. Israel, they've continued to ramp up their airstrikes across the Gaza Strip, reducing residential buildings to rubble and crushing families. Gaza health officials say that hundreds of Palestinians were killed in the last day, and fuel shortages and also the bombardment has forced the shutdown of medical facilities. Ahead of the expected ground invasion against Hamas militants, the death toll is, ra- is rising rapidly in Gaza. U.S. and other officials fear that the fighting could spill into a much wider conflict. The war, which is now in day number 19, is still, of course, the deadliest of five Gaza wars for both sides. Meanwhile, back in this country, in Washington, the prospect of Israeli forces launching an assault into Gaza's dense urban neighborhoods is bringing back those searing memories of the deadly battles the U.S.-led coalition fought against the Islamic State group in Iraq and Syria. For U.S. military leaders, that intense combat and the thousands of civilians that have been killed in airstrikes and neighborhood gunfights in Mosul and Raqqa are lessons to be learned and be shared, as Israel is preparing, of course, for the possible ground invasion. As they speak to their Israeli counterparts in an almost daily basis, they're sharing advice on the challenges of urban warfare, the threats of booby traps and roadside bombs, and also the drive to protect the innocent while rooting out the insurgents that have been hidden in the schools, in mosques, and even in homes. Of course, we'll have uh, the latest details on uh, tomorrow's edition of the program. And now, on to some of the other news of this Wednesday. And a federal judge has now struck down the recent provisions in this city of our gun restrictions as unconstitutional, saying that officials have not been allowed uh, too much discretion to deny gun permits to people, quote, deemed, quote, not of good moral character. The ruling made yesterday pertained to a lawsuit filed in Manhattan federal court by a man who was denied a permit to possess rifles and shotguns in his home because of his prior arrests, his bad driving history, and alleged false statements on applications. The judge temporarily suspended the effect of his ruling to give the city time to appeal it. The former president's fixer, now turned foe, Michael Cohen, faced off with him at his uh, civil fraud trial. Cohen testified yesterday that he worked to boost Trump's asset values on paper to whatever number that the former president wanted. Trump's lawyers, and Trump himself, are seeking to portray Cohen as a serial liar. While he was being cross-examined, Cohen, who is a disbarred attorney, even floated his own objections and responded to some queries with axed and answered. Cohen, of course, is a key witness in Attorney General Tish James's lawsuit, alleging that Trump and his company duped the banks, insurers, and others by giving them financial statements that inflated his wealth. The former president himself is denying, of course, any wrongdoing. <clears throat> to the state capitol in Albany we go now, where the highest court in the state of New York has now ruled that police can resume a DNA-searching method that can identify relatives of potential suspects. It's a technique that has helped solve crime, but has also caused privacy concerns. The method is known as familial DNA searches. It allows law enforcement agencies to search information in their DNA databases to find blood relatives of people who have left genetic material at a crime scene. The order from the Court of Appeals yesterday allows the state to use such searches in criminal cases, reversing a lower court ruling from last year that blocked the practice. Dozens of states across this country, including California, New York, Arizona, and Indiana, uh, they're now suing Meta Platforms Incorporated for harming young people's mental health and contributing to the youth mental health crisis by knowingly designing features on Instagram and Facebook that addict children to the platforms. The lawsuit filed in federal court in California also claims that META routinely collects data on children under the age of 13 without their parents' consent, which is a violation of federal law. Back up in the state capitol, the state of New York is going to be investing in three offshore wind projects as the state is trying to meet its ambitious timetable, to transition to renewable energy sources. Governor Holkel also announced uh, con- conditional awards to 22 land-based solar, wind, and hydro projects. Uh, combined, the projects will generate enough power to, for over 2.5 million homes, with almost two-thirds of its coming from the three offshore wind projects. Offshore wind is a crucial component of this state's plan to address climate change by transitioning to a carbon-free electric system by 2040. But offshore wind developers, they say that they're struggling with higher-than-expected prices for materials such as steel, as well as increased borrowing costs and, of course, supply chain issues. The newly launched uh, Professional Women's Hockey League, they're going to be placing a big emphasis, of course, on the W in its identity, in the logo that they unveiled yesterday. The design it incorporates two crossed hockey sticks to form the W in PHWL, which will begin play in January. The design is made up of six pieces, including a puck, to reflect the PWHL's six inaugural franchises. The logo's primary color is purple, which the league says signifies power. Uh, during the league's draft last month, the players they entered walking on a purple carpet. Meanwhile, we mentioned this before, to appeal to a new generation of philanthropists, the Brooklyn uh, Community Foundation is ditching the word foundation and establishing itself with a new name, Brooklyn Org. Jocelyn Rainey, who took over as the president of the 14-year-old grantmaker two years ago, said that the name change is meant to convey that the foundation serves the residents of Brooklyn and highlights the expertise of its people— instead of suggesting a top-down approach, sometimes taken by the grantmakers. Rainey's goal is to attract new donors and make the grantmaker, which awards about $12 million each year to a range of causes, including justice reform, housing, and health, as recognizable as the Brooklyn Museum and the Brooklyn Academy of Music. In other news, we're going to go out to Long Island and go to Central Islip, where the second trial of a woman accused of causing the death of an anti-gang activist has now ended in a mistrial. Jurors in Suffolk County, they failed to reach a verdict Monday on the top count of criminally negligent homicide. The mistrial followed four days of deliberations in the case of Anne-Marie Drago, It was accused of fatally running over Evelyn Rodriguez back in 2018. Drago was found guilty of one one misdemeanor count of petty larceny, stealing a bouquet and other items from the memorial that Rodriguez had erected to honor her teenage daughter, Kayla Cuevas. The teen, of course, had been hacked and beaten to death back in 2016. Uh, and finally, back here in the city limits, uh, the Palestinian artist Nita Sinocrat, one of 18 artists receiving the 2023 Soros Arts Fellowships from the Open Society Foundation yesterday, says that art provides hope and resilience even in the midst, of course, of the war. And members of this year's class of Soros Art Fellows, including Sinocrat. Will receive $100,000 in unrestricted funding from Open Society Foundations to develop a public art project that confronts climate change with community based solutions in the next 18 months, according to uh, Tatiana Morbales, the Open Society's team manager for culture, art, and expression. At a time when many in philanthropy are reevaluating their priorities, Uh, Morabar has said that artists' work can be just as impactful as other more traditional investments. Excuse me. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Wednesday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Going to talk some sports and how the stage is set for the fall classic. It's going to be a battle in the West. Um, the D-backs are advancing little World Series for the first time in 22 years by stunning the Phillies in Game 7, of course, of the NLCS. You might be wondering, what is the uh, the Switch Witch? Well, it's a new hot Halloween trend that is having the critics seriously uh, spooked, and we'll tell you what it is and how you can do it right if you're going to do it. And then later, we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. In Washington, the White House is developing prudent contingency planning to evacuate Americans from the Middle East in case, of course, the war between Israel and Hamas. It spreads into a broad regional conflict. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian on the last hump day in the month of October returns in just a moment. from New York. The V stands for value. This is the update with Brandon Julia, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost 6 million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. From New York, only a rental and only $5 a day. This is the Update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning August 28th through the first half of 2024, F-trains will run on the E-Line at all times in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M-trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M trains will run between 57th Street on the F-Line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza on days and evenings and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Beginning June 26th at approximately 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023, seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street in both directions, because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street Broadway and 34th Street Hudson Yards. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L and M trains at 14th Street Sixth Avenue is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L and M trains at 14th Street Sixth Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an outer system walking transfer between Sixth and Seventh Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90, with the exception of the BX-18A, BX-18B, B-60, M-116, Q-4, Q4 Limited, S-46, and S-96 Limited, starting September 24th. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S-79 select bus service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. Alright, so, the last, time, <clears throat> the last time the Arizona Diamondbacks were in the World Series, it was uh, 2001. And yes, when you think of 2001, your mind instantly flashes, of course, to 9-11. Well, it was the New York Yankees playing the Arizona Diamondbacks in the 2001 World Series. And truthfully, even though I detest the New York Yankees, and I honestly do not remember that series at all, it would be the one time, the one time in the world, I will admit On the record, that I wanted the New York Yankees to win, to bring a title to New York in the face of tragedy. But, well, you know what they say, things have a way of working themselves out. And the D-backs won that 2001 World Series, and, you know, good for them. Anyway, the uh, D-backs are going to be going to the World Series for the first time since 2001. Phillies and the D-Backs playing game seven of the NLCS, the two best words, of course, in all of sports. Corbin Carroll went three for four with two RBIs and two runs scored. Uh, and the D-Backs beat the Phils four to two, stunning them. Arizona will play the Texas Rangers in the World Series. Game one is set for Friday night down at Globe Life Field. Like I just mentioned, in their only other trip to the Fall Classic, the D-Backs beat the Yankees in a seven-game thriller back in 2001. The young D-Backs, who were at 84 and 78, squeezed into the playoffs as the final National League wild card, completed their comeback from an 0-2 hole in the NLCS by taking early leads in Game 6 and Game 7 to take the final two in Philly. Uh, from the Diamond, let's go over to the ICE. Islanders in the Colorado Avalanche, uh, going at it over at, uh, over on the island in Belmont. Uh, Miko Ranaton scored a tiebreaking goal in the third and also at three assists as the Avalanche beat the, Re- the Islanders seven to four for their 15th straight road win. That's a new NHL record, by the way. Raya Johansson scored twice. Kale Makar had a goal and an assist and Bowen Byram, Nathan McKinnon, and Ross Colton also scored for Colorado, which won its sixth in a row to open the season. Valerie Nikushkin had two assists, and Alexander Gorgiev stopped 27 shots. Cal Clutterbuck had a goal and an assist. Kyle Palmieri and Simon Holstron also scored, and Noah Dobson and John Gabriel Pagot each had two assists for the Islanders. Uh, north of the border in Montreal, uh, Devils and the Canadiens going at it. Tyler Toffley had a hat trick against his former team, leading the Devils to a 5-2 win. Alexander Holtz and Nico Hershier also scored for Jersey. Jack Hughes added four assists. Vitek Vanek stopped 27 shots. Justin Barron and Mike Matheson scored for Montreal. Uh, Canadians goaltender Caden Premier made 29 saves in his first start of the year. By the way, I don't have a story for it because it came out late, but Rangers were in Calgary taking on the Flames and they beat them by a score of three to one. Now, folks, when we return on the update this Wednesday, what exactly is the Switch Witch? You might be wondering. Well, it's a new Halloween trend that is having the critics seriously spooked. Uh, we'll tell you how, what it is, the Switch Witch, and how you can even do it right if you choose to do so. And then later, we're going to talk together the latest national news. In the quest for a House Speaker, Republicans have now chosen Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana as their House Speaker. Uh, This comes, of course, after Tom Emmer withdrew his bid amid the opposition from the former president. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to inform you about the following. Where has the time gone? I really hope that I didn't write that line. Well, maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, of course, but it's always nice to look back on the past. It helps us grow as people. Plus, you know, you always have those moments where you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. (laughs) Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend. And in our new series where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this program. I've always said over the years that my producers they love an excuse to have a party. Every weekend, we're going to go into the Update Vault and play you some episodes from throughout the many years of this program. And in my new special series where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this show. Once a month, I'll play a select episode from that list. I have a whole list of favorite episodes, and we'll play that for you. It's a big party, of course, and you and your friends are all invited. And if you don't know we're having a big party, you will after you hear this soundbite declaring that we are having a big party. So, every weekend, we'll go look out for the update Vaults, play you some of our episodes for throughout the many years of this show. And of course, also once a month, look out for the list of my favorite episodes from throughout the years. Keep listening, of course, folks, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget, unless you can't uh, remember that party from, you know, the night before. <laughs> now, of course, the update of Brandon Julian will be right back after these messages. And uh, isn't this exciting, folks? Wow. Oh, don't laugh. Getting up and notice, but tell me you didn't. What? What? But uh, that actually is pretty darn good. My producers are getting better last year. For a surprise, they left me a 4th of July wiener. I uh, found it on the inside of the couch. All right, it is my duty now to send you back to the remainder of this program, so go. Go there now. Brandon Julian. You know, every day, folks, in this studio, while I give the news to you, I ponder sometimes the questions of the universe that many people wonder and want answers to. Like, for example, why can't I wear white after Labor Day? I bet you never thought of that one, huh? This is the update with Brandon and Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe and it's the best way to protect that legacy. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay, smart. protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. I don't know, folks, if you've had this same thought as me, if you've ever graduated high school. But have you ever scrolled on your social media and you see the announcements of the people that you went to school with and you hear those pregnancy announcements and you look at them, the person, and you're like, they got pregnant? Like No. (laughs) this isn't this is right I can't possibly be and that's not to be mean in any sense of the word but really there are people you come across you just look at them and you're like how how could that possibly have happened to them it doesn't make any sense I don't know why he's talking like this This is The Update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Indeed it is, folks. Uh, Welcome back to The Update Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Final hump day in the month of October for us around here, of course. Uh, Thank you so much, of course, for still being here with us, you know. Mother Nature, I think at this point, is just on a quest to see how many people she can get sick as humanly possible because this weather is going to give me some freaking whiplash sweat. By the time we get to uh, next week, just a peek into next week, because like I said, I'm not no meteorologist. But, um, next week is looking progressively, um, cooler. Temperatures only in the 50s. That's when you really know that fall will be here. No more temperatures in the 70s and such. We're going to have to wait till uh spring to get that. And uh it looks like if you're going to do that forecast for uh this is the forecast guy. <laughs> it looks like if you are going to be doing some Halloween stuff this year, um depending on where you are, it's going to be um it's going to be very different. Some places will have bone-shattering temperatures. Other places, it looks like it's going to be with a touch of rain, depending on where you are. But, you know, you know, make sure you, uh, you check your, uh, your local forecast or trust, uh, trust your weatherman. Like I said, I'm no meteorologist. I just play one on the show. <laughs> just to give you the weather. Speaking of Halloween. Folks, it's uh, six days away, so you know. You only have six days left to get your inappropriately sexy costume. Uh, whether it's uh, like a sexy dinosaur or a sexy uh, candy corn. Or as John Oliver said on his show one time, and I saw the video for myself, so I know it's true. There was a sexy John Oliver costume. <laughs> That's right, you heard me. A that was a human woman. Uh, in a sexy costume of John Oliver. It was it was truly unbelievable. But of course we know the some of the major trends this year as looking like Barbie and Ken. Um, for couples costumes one couples costume I saw so that does not that goes under the radar a lot is Cosmo and Wanda. Tr- seriously, I, I I don't know why more people are doing it. But anyway, uh, this is a new, hot Halloween trend that is having the critics seriously spooked. Uh, Parents across America are partaking in Switch Witch. If you don't know what that is, it looks like a seemingly harmless practice that encourages their kids to trade their cavity-causing trick-or-treat candy for toys. Uh, the point is to discourage the excess sugar intake amid, of course, the high rates of childhood obesity and the potential health hazards of some sweets. But now, one naysaying nutritionist is speaking out, uh, warning that well-meaning moms and dads that they're concerned may be doing their offspring more harm than good. Uh, Arizona child nutritionist Dr. Taylor Arnold declared in a recent video on social media denouncing this trend, quote, We need to take a less restrictive approach and focus more on developing a a healthy relationship with food. Uh, While the exact origins of this practice are unknown, uh, author Audrey R. Kinsman uh, published the picture book, The Switch Witch and the magic of Switchcraft, back in 2015, revolving around a good witch who visits homes to take candy in exchange for clothing, books, and toys. In many recent years, though, a growing number of parents have begun implementing the practice into their Halloween routines, with TikTok and other social media platforms helping the idea to become a full-blown phenomenon, just in time, of course, for another round of trick-or-treating. Earlier this month, Utah fitness influencers Emily and Levi Jensen uh, went viral on Instagram, uh, clocking up over 755,000 likes in a video, explaining how their two-year-old daughter Aria visits a visit from a Switch Witch after procuring her Halloween haul. The dad, Levi, declares in the clip, quote, "'Trick-or-treating is fun, but kids really don't need all that candy.'" Our daughter goes out and has a blast trick or treating. When she gets home, she gets to pick out five of her favorite pieces of candy to keep. She leaves the rest of her candy in her basket and leaves it on the front porch. During the night, the switch witch comes to collect the candy and leaves a gift in return. Our daughter is now just as excited for the switch witch to come as she is for trick or treating. This has been a good, a great way to cut back on candy, but still enjoy. Uh, still enjoy Halloween. Uh, dozens of viewers, they left comments praising the switch-witch idea, with one saying that the tractors don't know the damage the candy can do. Uh, the supporter stated, quote, Do you know how long it takes for our tiny children to process all that sugar? Do they know that most of that candy is genetically modified and full of food dyes? I'm not strict about much, but there are things uh, we as parents can do to help our children have healthy bodies. Another person fond, I love this idea. I have a toddler and he doesn't need candy, but I want him to experience going out and trick-or-treating. I don't need candy and he doesn't need more than five pieces at two years old. What a cute tradition to start. On TikTok, the mom, Kirsten Cole, that's Kirsten spelled K-R-I-S-T-Y-N, because I know there's a lot of different variations of Kirsten out there. Uh, the mother clocked up more than two million views with a similar video explaining how she started the Switch Witch practice with her children. And while some parents are expressing enthusiasm, of course, uh, describing it as cute and super smart, uh, others, of course, they hit out at her. One critic rudely interjected, quote, This sounds a lot like diet culture and restriction. How is your relationship with food? Another mocks, Are you that one house that passes out pencils, toothbrushes, and carrot sticks? Implying that Cole was a strict parent and uh, a party pooper. Uh, in her viral video responding directly to Cole, the nutritionist, Dr. Arnold, expressed skepticism about the phenomenon. She urged parents to focus on developing balanced and holistic eating habits with their children rather than trying to cut the candy consumption completely. Uh, The doctor admits in the video, quote, there's something counterintuitive about food parenting and feeding our kids sugar. But overly restricting certain foods can increase seeking behaviors for that food. Um, really restrictive food, food parent approaches increase the likelihood that your kid is going to sneak or hoard that food. By taking away their candy, we're increasing, maybe, the food sneaking. But as Cole told her followers in a spirited clapback on her own, she never forced her kids to give up their candy and that there are ways for any parent to give the trend a try without turning the whole thing into an annual tug of war. Um, she declared, saying the practice could be tailored to suit a family's needs. Some of y'all are reading way too deep into this. You give your kids the option. They can choose to keep all their candy or exchange most of it. Personally, I've never had the, um, I've never had the Switch Witch. But Halloween is really the one one night of the year that you can really go nuts, you know, with the candy that's part of the you know, the whole point of it. I mean, if uh, if it does get to that point where they are hoarding a lot of candy, they could need uh, um an oh you know what that's a terrible transition. I'm not even gonna do that. <laughs> but in Tennessee There's a novel program there to interest more black and other minority medical students in organ transplants to help ease the troubling disparities. We're going to talk about this and more because national news. It is next for us around here, of course, when the update of Brain and Julian continues. From New York. A magical place not found on any map. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing. Or your daughter's first birthday party. You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our kinses. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. From New York... A tropical island paradise. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. The last hump day in the month of October for us around here. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, let us talk together right now, of course, on the latest national news. And we're going to begin, of course, in Washington, where the White House, they are developing prudent contingency planning to evacuate Americans from the Middle East in case the war between Israel and Hamas spreads into a broad regional conflict. White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said yesterday, and he stressed, that there are, quote, no active efforts to evacuate Americans from the region beyond charter flights that the U.S. government began er operating earlier this month out of Israel. President Biden and Saudi Arabian Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman also spoke by phone yesterday about the deteriorating situation. It was the two leaders' first interaction since before Hamas attacked Israel. In other news, we're going to go back to this country, and the search it continues on for a House speaker. And now Republicans, they have chosen Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana as their latest nominee. This comes hours after another nominee, Representative Tom Emmer, abruptly withdrew his bid amid the opposition from the former president. Johnson is the fourth candidate Republicans have now nominated to replace Kevin McCarthy, who was ousted three weeks ago. Republicans are desperate to end the chaos and get back to work. He had been the second-place vote-getter in a morning round of voting, but it's unclear if any Republican nominee can unite the parties as hard-line and more traditional factions to win the gavel in a floor vote. Out in the American West we go now to Portland, Oregon, where there are new court documents that say that an offline-duty pilot who tried to cut the engines on a flight midair told the police that he had been struggling with depression. State prosecutors in Oregon filed 83 counts of attempted murder against 44-year-old Alaska Airlines pliant De- Joseph David Emerson yesterday. His attorney entered not guilty pleas on his behalf. Federal prosecutors they also charged Emerson with interfering with a flight crew. That charge carries up to 20 years in prison. Court documents say that Emerson had told police that he had been struggling with depression, that a friend had recently died, and that he had taken psychedelic mushrooms about 48 hours before he attempted to uh, cut the engines. And down in Atlanta, uh, the attorney and prominent conservative media figure, Jenna Ellis, Has now pleaded guilty to a felony charge over the efforts to overturn the former president's 2020 election loss in Georgia. Alice tearfully told the judge uh, yesterday she looks back on that time with, quote, deep remorse. Alice is now the fourth defendant in this case to enter a plea deal with the prosecutors. She was a vocal part of Trump's re-election campaign and was charged alongside the former president and 17 others with violating the state's anti-racketeering law. Steve Sadow, the lead attorney for Trump in the Georgia case, used Ellis' plea to cast doubt on the legitimacy of the racketeering charges that Fulton County DA uh, Fannie Willis brought. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those of course when the update Brain Julian returns in just 60 seconds. I've always wanted a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Long kippy, my neighbor. My neighbor. Mr. Rogers passed along friendship in his neighborhood hoping we would do the same. So let's get started. Friendship. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. As an educator, Mr. Nelson's teachings are still being quoted in schools. Education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. Mr. Nelson taught hope. Everyone can rise above their circumstances if they are dedicated and passionate. And giving our best efforts. It's always impossible until it's done. Mr. Nelson Mandela's teachings, not only united a nation, they inspire us today. Inspiration. Pass it on. From PassItOn.com. Welcome back to the update of Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Final hump day in the month of October for us around here. Uh, Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we're talking together right now, of course, on the latest national news. And we're going to go down to New Orleans and talk about the weather. We only address it, of course, when the weather is bad or if it's just bizarre. Uh, The the toll, of course, from that fiery pileup in that dense fog, the super fog, as it was called on the Louisiana interstate has now risen to 8 dead and 63 injured. Authorities announced the new totals last night, a day after the superfog on Monday of marsh fire smoke and fog snared more than 160 vehicles in the pileup on I-55. Besides the 8 fatalities, authorities say at least 63 people had injuries that ranged from minor to critical. The crash occurred... On a one mile stretch of elevated interstate that crosses the swampland and the open water west of New Orleans. Crews using heavy equipment cleared the wet, cleared away the last of the mangled fire blackened vehicles yesterday morning. In other news, we're going to go up north to Minneapolis where a former medical resident at the Mayo Clinic is now charged with fatally poisoning his wife a 32-year-old pharmacist who died days after she went into a hospital back in August with stomach distress authorities say that 30-year-old Connor Bowman tried to stop the autopsy uh, on his wife uh, Betty Bowman he argued that she could not she should be cremated immediately and uh, claimed that she had a rare illness uh, which hospital tests uh, did not confirm the medical examiner's office halted the order for cremation, citing suspicious circumstances. An autopsy showed that Betty Bowman died from the toxic effects of colchicine, which is a medicine that's used to treat gout. Medical records indicate that she was not diagnosed with gout. In the NHL this season, uh, the players are going to be allowed to use pride tape this year. The league, the players' union, and a committee on inclusion agreed to give players the option to represent social causes with uh, stick tape during warm-ups, practices, and games. It's a change from the guidance provided to the teams earlier this season that banned players from using rainbow-colored pride tape. That drew backlash, including LGBTQ plus advocates and players, some of whom said that they would just use it anyway. Pride nights, of course, have been a hot button issue in hockey since six players chose not to participate in the pregame warmups last year. And finally, we're going to go down to Nashville in Tennessee. Well, there's a novel program there that is aiming to interest more black and uh, other minority medical students in organ transplants to help ease the troubling disparities. Six students from Meharry Medical College spent the summer shadowing specialists at Tennessee Donor Services for hands-on lessons in recovering organs, matching them to recipients. And the empathy needed to work with grieving families. Thousands die awaiting a transplant because there aren't enough donated organs and some don't get a fair chance, including black Americans. Whatever the career paths, the students say that they plan to educate others about organ donation. I'ma let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Wednesday, October the 25th, 2023. That is the update on this Wednesday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. All right, these people... Like I said, everyone seems to be a little bit happier than I am right now. Um Episode number one of this program, which was a long, long time ago, you'll notice the difference between how this show... um sounded back then compared to now. It's coming up in November, of course, and we'll tell you when the exact day when we cross over to November. I mention this every day, of course, like a snake oil salesman that's wandering aimlessly through Nebraska. So until I take, and so until I make fun of myself again, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and most importantly, please be well. All right, honey. It's one more show under my belt. Well, a man can dream, of course, can they? It's gonna feel like a uh, springtime tomorrow and for the next couple of days after that. Let's talk about that and a lot more too, of course, folks, when I see all of you right back here tomorrow. See you then.